After a panel of three judges on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against his controversial travel ban, President Trump criticized the circuit and its decision. A circuit that has been overturned at a record number. I've heard 80 percent. I find that hard to believe. That's just a number I heard, that they're overturned 80 percent of the time. I think that circuit is that circuit is in chaos, and that circuit is, frankly, in turmoil. The Ninth Circuit is the largest circuit, covering nine western states, but it is not the most reversed circuit. Statistics from 2010 to 2015 show that distinction goes to the Sixth Circuit with an 87 percent average reversal rate. But now the governor of Arizona is working with the state's congressional delegation to remove Arizona from the Ninth Circuit. Arizona Republican Senators Jeff Flake and John McCain have introduced a bill to put Arizona in a new Twelfth Circuit. The state's five Republicans Republican representatives have introduced a similar bill. Joining us is Carl Tobias. He's a professor at the University of Richmond Law School. Carl, let's start with the much-touted reversal numbers. The Supreme Court reversed about 70 percent of the cases it took from 2010 to 2015. The Ninth Circuit was in third place with a 79 percent reversal rate. But do these numbers really tell the story? No, they don't tell us very much at all. It's essentially a meaningless statistic, uh, just because uh, the Supreme Court only hears something like 1% of all appeals um, out of any circuit. And so it really doesn't tell us much. It varies over time. And one example I give, if a circuit um, only has one case the Supreme Court hears in a particular year and the court reverses that circuit, well, it has a 100% rate. Uh, there's just such a tiny number of cases any year from any circuit that it really just doesn't tell us much. Well, Carl, let's, let's talk about some of the other reasons that uh, folks in Arizona put forward for wanting to uh, get out of the Ninth Circuit. The Ninth Circuit is the largest circuit. It's something like Cover something like states that have about 22% of the U.S. population. Is it is there something to the argument that it's just too large compared with the other circuits and that there might be some judicial efficiency in splitting it up? Well, I think that's the problem. I don't think there is much judicial efficiency in splitting it up. And, in fact, you're going to incur additional costs for all the court personnel and uh, courthouses and that type of thing. So there isn't any real gain. The the real problem here is there isn't a very feasible way to uh, split it up. Uh, it's large, and it's a large population base, and it has the most appeals of any appeals court. Uh, but there just isn't a very feasible way to do much with it, principally because of California. So you're really not going to have much by way of savings here if you do what um, the Arizona senators and others in the West have suggested. Carl, the Ninth Circuit is known as the most liberal circuit. And in introducing the bill to exit the Ninth Circuit, Republican Arizona Congressman Harry Biggs said the bill was intended, quote, to protect Arizona from a federal circuit court that does not reflect the values nor laws of our state. Are citizens entitled to circuit courts that reflect their values? Well, to some extent, and they are uh, to some extent, because a number of the judges who sit on the Ninth Circuit um, are from Arizona. Um, but uh, there are big questions about exactly how to allocate those seats. I think Arizona has a fair representation 
in terms of its population, for example, which it seems to be one of the better measures to use. Um, but uh, there's a limitation on that, I mean, uh, in terms of what uh, we mean by um, Arizona values, whatever they are. Uh, it depends on who you talk to. Um, so I don't know what you say about that, but also behind all of that, I think, is the notion uh, that you don't uh, gerrymander a federal appellate court because you don't like its decisions. And it seems like that really might be what uh, we're speaking about here. Well, there have been situations where circuits have been split up before and, you know, because of population changes or, you know, other reasons um, that aren't based on politics. And so, you know, you have a you have a circuit that was created when that part of the country was pretty sparsely populated. That's now uh, the biggest one in the in the country is it shouldn't the federal government be looking at whether it still makes sense to have a circuit this large? Sure. I think it's an open question, and it's certainly subject to debate and has been for the last three or four decades, um, and that's fine. Uh, but as I said, unless you're going to have a one-state uh, circuit, which I don't think anybody is arguing for, there isn't much you can do with California. You can't divide California into two, um, because then you wouldn't have the same substantive law within that state. Uh, and that's the real problem. I think 60 or 70 percent of the cases come out of California. So it's really difficult to find a solution that's very satisfactory. We've been talking about the effort by the lawmakers in Arizona, the governor and the Republican senators and congressmen, to remove Arizona from the Ninth Circuit, which is known as a liberal circuit. And Arizona Republican Senators Jeff Flake and John McCain have already introduced a bill to put Arizona in a brand new 12th Circuit, and the state's Republican congressmen have introduced a similar bill. We've been talking to Carl Tobias. He's a professor at the University of Richmond Law School. Carl, another critique of the Ninth Circuit is that the large size of the court means that it almost never sits as a single body. So for on-bank cases where all active judges usually sit in other courts, the Ninth Circuit has 11 of its 29 judges to decide circuit-wide precedent. So people complain that this isn't a good indication of circuit-wide precedent. Well, that is an interesting criticism. I'm not sure it makes a whole lot of difference. Um, I think they, they came to the conclusion that 28 judges was just unwieldy uh, to have all of them sit on bonk. Um, and I think, by and large, the 11-judge uh, limited on bonk that the court uses uh, comes to the same result that all 28 would in the vast majority of cases. So I think it isn't a, a real problem. It's the chief judge and then 11, then 10 other judges ran, uh, randomly drawn. Uh, so I think the judges' feel has worked relatively well. Carl, there's also the criticism that some in Arizona make that the, they don't have access to justice in the same way other states do because it takes too long for the Ninth Circuit to hear cases given its large size. Is there anything to that criticism? Well, I think it probably is the slowest, uh, depending on what measure you use. Um, and I think some of the figures have been um, inflated. Uh, a lot depends on what you talk about in terms of 
time to disposition. Um, but it has traditionally been fairly slow. In fact, it's it's faster than it used to be. Um, and part of that reflects the huge docket it has. So uh, I think the best solution is not to talk about reconfiguring the court, but rather giving the court the resources it needs. So the Judicial Conference, the policymaking arm of the federal courts, has recommended uh, more judgeships for the court based on caseload and workload. And that would go substantially toward uh, speeding up resolution of cases. So I think that's probably a preferable solution to dividing the court on uh, that particular issue. Carl, as I mentioned, this effort to break off from the Ninth Circuit has gone back a long time. In fact, retired Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, who was from is from Arizona, has suggest, suggested in the past moving the state into the Tenth Circuit. This new bill suggests making a whole new circuit. But you do have a Republican Congress um, that's feeling its oats, so to speak. How? What is the likelihood that it may actually happen this time around? Well, I think it's unlikely, but it's certainly possible. Uh, they would still need to pick up in the Senate uh, many Democratic votes in order to uh, come to 60 uh, if a bill were, were to get through uh, the committee uh, and the House. And so I think that's unlikely. Um, there are not that many Democrats who really would uh, vote in favor, I don't believe. Uh, and so it really uh, – and Democrats who might be vulnerable or might feel some pressure, uh, by and large, not in the West. Uh, so it's just hard to see where those eight votes come from uh, on the merits. So we'll see. But I think it, it, you're correct. It probably could have a better chance of passing than certainly when uh, President Obama was there, because I think he would have vetoed it. Um, but even the Bush years, I don't think that uh, it was very seriously considered uh, by the, uh, especially the Senate. Well, they certainly get a lot more attention than the other circuits do, it seems. Thanks so much for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Carl Tobias. He is a professor at the University of Richmond Law School. But, Michael, it's true that you hardly ever hear about any of the other circuits in this way that you hear about the Ninth Circuit. No, I mean, you know, it has a reputation for being liberal. It is California. There are a lot of people there. They have a lot of cases. And, you know, California gets in the newspapers, too. And also, I mean, there are decisions, a lot of them are liberal, but you find a lot that are middle of the road, too. So there is a spectrum. There are Reagan appointees on that court. There are Bush appointees. There's a there's a spectrum of judges there. And coming up on Bloomberg Law, we're going to be changing topics and talking about an interesting case and an unusual case, that which puts the CIA on a deadline to argue for the secrecy of interrogation interrogation documents that are being requested in a lawsuit. And we'll take a look at what will happen there. 